Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. You heard Eamon mention in the news this call today about whether or not natural drugs should be decriminalised. And it's two Fianna Fáil TDs have said that the the the, the, um, the war on drugs isn't working and there must be a legalisation of drugs. Recreational drug users could be able to access natural grown substances in an off-licence style outlet. So I just want to have a discussion with you today um, to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, do you think it would work? Uh, we sent a reporter, Aoife Kearns, out earlier today to ask people how they felt about drug decriminalisation. I'd be quite happy with that because, you know, people have it because they have a problem. They're not making money from it. Um, prosecute the people who are. And, yeah, I'd give it out in pharmacies. So with less people penniless, sleeping on the street stealing whatever they have to do to get the money. You mentioned there the likes of addiction and things like that. Do you think that people at the minute see alcohol and drugs in the same light? No. No. And look at the difference. People aren't really stealing money for alcohol. I don't think it's a good idea. You don't? No. Actually, I remember like 10 years back, it was different. Everything was different. I'm not talking about weed or something like that, like light drugs, just the heavy drugs. It's kind of like the heavy drugs just ruined a lot of stuff. People mostly go for that kind of drugs these days. I mean, look, there was times when, you know, people would, would have had a joint or whatever and they were fine and they were happy. And nowadays it's just like crazy. I think be positive in like certain aspects because like, like health and stuff, it can be good. But in other aspects, maybe not. I'd say it would become more like popular across like students and stuff maybe. Um, yeah, I don't think there'd be any problems with it. It seems to be fine in every other country. If we're decriminalizing drugs, I think it will promote safer use of drugs. When you make something illegal, people go to like dangerous means to possess it or to use it. So I think it will be good, but it just means the government will have to kind of support that. Like I'm not against it. Um, people go to different countries to legally do it. So I feel like Ireland would just be catching up. Dorothy is with us on the line. Dorothy, do you agree with the decriminalisation of drugs in Ireland? Hi. Well, not actually. I, I don't. I disagree. I strongly disagree with that. You know, because this is the soft drugs that usually people start off, and then they do the hard drugs. So the vast majority of people, they're just you know, they're starting with the soft drugs. And if we make them accessible for everybody, as as young as eighteen, for example, I don't know what we're going to end up with. At this very moment, there is a huge problem with drug users in the city centre all over Dublin, I'd say. Um, And it's not getting any better, and I'd say it's getting worse. I myself, uh, I was, you know, I've seen it on the streets for many years, uh, living in Dublin 8, and it was just getting worse and worse. So I don't think what benefits would we have from it, from the criminalising, you know? It's like... We can't deal with the crime connected to the with the drugs, so we're just gonna give up and let it happen. Um, I mean, I don't really, I can't see the benefits. I'm guessing that the people that are determined to try or to use drugs, they will find a way to do it either way. But it's not okay if we just let everybody access it. Okay. As we know so- it can have devastating effects on individuals and families and children. You know, everybody. So uh, if we accept that. <laughs> You know the current status quo where we're at at the moment, um, yeah. as has been ple- often described as the war on drugs. 
isn't working. Is it not worth trying something else? Maybe looking at, you often hear the experts talk about this health-led approach or a more compassionate style. Is that not worth exploring? I don't think this is, it's going to just create like a permissive environment, you know. I can't imagine my kids growing up, reaching 18 and then going back home for the weekend to have a smoke, you know. I don't know what you call it. They might do this at some point in their life, but I just, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I think what we need to create is like... um, learn, teach people positive solutions for, um, I don't know, to keep them relaxed, to keep them happy, to enjoy themselves, to socialize in a, I don't know, nice manner. It's all possible and we can teach quite a lot of that to people and there's not, they don't have to use the substances, you know, to to lead a happy life. So people are going to hear an awful lot more about this um, in the coming weeks because the the Citizens' Assembly on Drugs, um, it's sort of hoped that that is going to progress now in the weeks ahead. So this is going Mm -hmm. to become a topic of discussion that uh, the public and all of us are going to hear much, much more about. And I I just want to get your own um, views and thoughts on this today, where people are at. And I suppose there's an element of learning that comes with it too. If there's experts out there that want to get in touch or share their thoughts on it. Let me bring in David as well, uh, Dorothy on the line. Um, David, where are you initially now on on the topic of decriminalising drugs in Ireland? Well, I, th- I think if you, you, it's just one facet of the whole thing, decriminalisation. In my opinion, it, okay, if, 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 if it's a recreational user um, and they get caught with small amounts of substances, whatever it is, but the, pro- the problem is that the, the, if, 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 whether you're, if whether it's drink, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol or anything like that at all, the problem is there's no, the treatment is, 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 is very, very sparse. If you, if you, unless you have private health insurance, you will not get into a treatment centre. So if you say you're a drug addict and you say, look, I want to get off drugs, I want to go in and get help, I need help now immediately, you'll go along and say, you, you might be six months, nine months waiting on a waiting list. And you might get put on a methadone program or something like that. I'm just talking about maybe heroin. Or there's cocaine and everything else. And there's all those drugs. But it, it's, there, there has to be, I think, a, a, a multidisciplinary approach. So you, you start off with education. But this will take maybe 10, 15 years. Mm. It's not going to happen overnight. So you have to educate the people. You've got to have a treatment centre. Like if, you know, if, 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 young, if, if people are getting locked up in prison, like what's the cost of keeping a prisoner? It's 70 grand a year. So then you've got all the shoplifting going on. So that, I think that's costing the state some, or the, the businesses something like a quarter of a billion euros a year. And then you've got the courts you know, dealing with small... You know, uh, in my opinion, I would have all drugs given out for free, no matter what it is. So Not in, even beyond the kind of the, as it's sort of described as the natural drugs, heroin, everything, every single thing, right? And it would be all controlled by the government. So you go into a specific place where you could, if you want to take heroin, it would be controlled. It would be good quality. There would be someone there. There'd be a needle exchange. You would have to. You wouldn't have to run up any debts. Like. See, what people don't re- some people don't realise is that there's parts of society in Ireland that, okay, say, say you come from middle class or an upper class thing, now, and, and all drugs and addiction, it doesn't make any difference where you're from, where your social economic background is. But if you have the money, you can protect your child or your adolescent or your husband or your wife. If you have no money when it comes to drugs, then you're at the mercy of all the drug dealers. So 
your your life is is a misery. So you know, so it, it you, we need to have a situation where people now not all people are going to avail this. Some people are going to say, "Listen, yeah. I want to go and buy off backstreet dealers and all the rest." But that's fine. Yeah, well, that's... but if we have a regular, you, you okay, you think the... and you have to pay for the drugs, the, the regulation, the right? Let me bring in Diego too, David, if you don't mind. Diego, I believe you were in Portugal recently. Um, what's the situation, or how was what was the situation there? Hi, Andrea. Thanks okay. for having me. Good. Um, so yeah, I just came back from Portugal a couple couple of weeks ago, and I could not take ten steps without being offered drugs on the streets, uh, mainly cocaine, uh, weed, and hash. So you would see these um, uh, dodgy guys standing on the streets uh, I ha- around the highly touristic loca- locations like Rua Augusta or Rossio or other Lisbon central areas. And I could easily identify them from a distance. Surely enough, one of them would detach themselves from the group and approach me. Uh, if I, who had been there for only two days, could see them coming, can the, can the police see them coming i mean they 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 know who they are and they're free to operate and uh, mind you this happened a hundred percent of the times when i was walking on the streets by myself and it even became a a a running joke amongst the friends that i was traveling with the only times that i would be spared of being approached is when i was with my wife or my uh, Mm six-year-old daughter yeah that would be the only situation where I would not be approached by anyone. Other than that, okay. it was, and it was very, it was not intimidating, but it was very insisting. Just you saying no wouldn't be enough. They were like, yeah, you sure, you sure have loads of stuff. They would open up their jackets and it would be like pockets of things inside that you could choose from. So, so it's very. So that situation in Portugal, because I suppose that's often the example that's used, and I, I don't think that necessarily that's what the uh, Fianna Fáil TDs here, you know, are necessarily proposing in in this case and in in chatting about this today. But that is the example a lot of people talk about is Portugal that it's not prohibited, but you don't face criminal conviction um, as such. There is a penalty, but not criminal conviction. Like, did it bother you, Diego? Like, were you? How did you feel, you know, when you're you see this in front of you in the street, or people offering offering you drugs or whatever? Like, I mean, would you like to see that in Ireland? No, no, absolutely not. And by the way, I don't think those guys were legal. So those guys were uh, criminals. It was not those are those were not legal drugs. I mean, it wouldn't be. I would. I wouldn't be criminally prosecuted if I had them on my possession, small amounts for personal use, but illegal distribution is still a crime because Portugal did not legalize drugs. They decriminalized the possession it. of drugs, mm. right? And, and um, mind, mind you, I, I come, I'm, you, probably, you can probably tell by my accent that I'm not from around here. I'm originally from uh, Brazil, and Brazil is a country where a drug trafficking uh, lies at the foundation of the high levels of urban violence that you have in Brazil today. All the stories that you hear about violence, street violence in Brazil, ties back to drug trafficking. All of them. The major drug lords, they have ties with corrupt politicians, they have people in law enforcement, they have influence on lawyers and judges, so their tentacles, uh, their tentacles are around most of the public institutions. And uh, I have a very good friend who's a, a, a good police officer, and he always tells me stories of criminals that they arrest in the morning and they are released in the afternoon by a judge. 
And then they arrested again a couple of weeks later mm-hmm. with a smile on their face, okay. making snarky remarks to officers like, hey, hey, guys, nice to see you again. You know? OK, so so stay with us, Diego, if you don't mind. And, and thanks for sharing your, your experience with us there in Portugal. Um, Gareth, Dr. Gareth McGovern, actually, who's a, a GP specialising in addiction medicine, um, is with us on the line as well. Gareth, what's the benefits of decriminalising drugs in Ireland? I think if you decriminalise um, drugs, you're not really decriminalising drugs. You're you're decriminalising the person. The person, so, it's the difference, yeah. isn't so, it? So I think the real story here is about the Im- implications of having a criminal record. I mean, we're in a a world now of guard vetting for jobs, and I, I've seen patients who have applied for jobs and refused on the basis of the guard vetting. They had possession charges, um, which I think is wrong. Um, now, we're talking about addiction and we're talking about a health-led approach but I think we need to kind of understand that probably only about between 10, 15%, 20% of the most of people who will use currently illicit drugs are going to develop a problem with them. So, you know, we talk about a health-led approach but there's a lot of people who use drugs responsibly. I mean, that might be an uncomfortable truth for people. They they, they either use them occasionally or they might even use them once a week and they're very sensible in the way they use them. Um, They don't have an addiction. Um, but they are still will be criminalised under the law. The people who do have a problem, without a shadow of a doubt, need help. And and what we what we know from treatment services is that people who are in need of treatment sometimes shy away from treatment because of the fear of what that might mean in terms of uh, the criminality of it and the shame and the stigma. So, so I think we need to be open about this, a little bit more open. Yeah. So in, in, in the first instance, because I mentioned this is going to be you know a fairly um, common topic that people are going to hear discussed, Gareth, here and, and elsewhere and in other quarters as well, but I suppose it's about decriminalising the person so they don't have the conviction. So it's what? It's, it's legalising then the substance effectively, is that right? Well, no. I mean, Portugal never legalised the substance, as Diego quite rightly pointed out. It was never legalised. I mean, it's interesting he talks about the amount of drug use in Portugal. But it's for that very reason that they tried to change um, uh, the, the laws over there. Uh, it's by no means perfect. Nobody's going to say it is. But I think it's definitely an improvement in terms of overdose rates and HIV and hepatitis C transmission in terms of injecting drug use. It's by no means perfect. And like all these laws, they need to be reviewed. But I think, you know, if Portugal tells us anything, is that drug use is quite widespread. We talk about normalising it. It's already normalised. It's normalised in an illicit world. And then on top of that, you have the whole gangland and criminal criminal side of this, which is just awful. And I'm, I work in fairly heavy-end uh, HSE addiction treatment, opiate addiction treatment services. And I've seen the impact of, of people being uh, dragged into the criminal side of this. It's awful. Frank is with us as well, uh, Gareth, if you don't mind just staying on the line. Um, Frank, you, you, thanks for getting in touch with us. You say you're a regular cannabis user. What's your thoughts on this now, this uh, discussion? I've, I've, I've been using cannabis since I was 17, which is 32 years ago. I don't have a problem, any problems. I don't have any problems. That's not different than any other, other people's problems in life in general. But My problem is that the government are going to pick up the, the slack and uh, the cost of treatment. But yet the drug lords and uh, the gangs are just going to reap the benefits of still being able to get cannabis and whatever drugs, if it's decriminalised, they're just going to be able to sell them anyway. And then the government and the taxpayer is going to have to to pony up for um, any treatments or any difficulties people are going to have. Like, 
there's something substantially wrong with that kind of an attitude too. I think that's probably the concern of, of many people, Gareth, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think people will, many people are, are, are very, in, in my own profession, um, are, are very enthusiastic about prohibition. But they do seem to kind of shy away from what the, the downside of prohibition is. I mean, the thinking behind prohibition is that if you make these drugs illegal, they're out of sight, out of mind, less people will use them. I mean, never has have drugs been used more. But the problem is that not only are they used more, but that brings in the whole crime element that we don't see with mm. um, as much. There is some crime between illicit um, uh, uh, alcohol and tobacco, um, but it's very, very small. And we don't see that whole side of it with people getting killed and, you know, gang warfare and all that sort of stuff. And that's just in Ireland. I mean, uh, internationally, it's even worse. Um, so so if you think about it, if somebody said to me, we if we were to regulate drugs, and we wouldn't, when I talk about regulating drugs, we're not going to open shops up tomorrow and they're going to be selling them. We could do it in a very, very graduated Well, I think what Fianna Fáil have suggested is this sort of, that it's natural grown substances. And they've described it, however this would work, in an off-licence style outlet, was how I understood it. Well, specifically they're talking about cannabis, right? Um, and I think we do need to look at our, our cannabis laws because they are very antiquated. But if you look at, say, something like heroin, everyone says, oh, you couldn't sell heroin. Well, actually, that's not true. You couldn't sell it in a shop, obviously. But like there are treatment uh, services, uh, heroin-assisted treatment services in Switzerland and uh, in Australia and in Canada, uh, you know, and, and, and a number of other countries around the world, which work very, very well for a very hard-to-reach group of heroin users. And they, they get better. I mean, all the parameters, they, they're not sharing paraphernalia. And these are different, Andrea, to um, the supervised injecting centre we're talking about because yeah. the drug would still be illegal and you'd have to bring it in and there would be an amnesty so that you wouldn't get arrested. But this is actually where a doctor prescribes and administers it. So it's possible. These things are possible. Okay. It, you know, there, seems to be be, there seems to be this fear that people are, are, are displaying like, oh, everyone's going to be using drugs if they're decriminalised. Everyone is using drugs. They're using them anyway. But they're using deregulated drugs. They're using drugs that you can't even trust. Like people, I know people who go to parties and they get drug testing kits because they don't even know what they're taking. They just see a bit of powder in a bag and you go, what's that? Oh, I don't know. And you just see them snorting and you go, what the hell is going on? Like? So if you, if you actually regulate it and decriminalize it, then you can control the, qu- the quality. Now, there is going to be a certain amount of black market drugs because even in America and, and Amsterdam mm. or whatever, I've been to Portugal many, many years before drugs were decriminalised and you could get drugs anyway. But the point is, like, people are taking really, really strong drugs and they haven't a clue what to take. So if it is regulated somehow and the government have, okay. have their paws on it, at least there's the percentage of people falling into a really bad trap is reduced it's, minuscule. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of people getting in touch with us about this. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. It's not the last time we're going to be having it either. Um, I am going to have to leave it there for the moment, though. Frank, thank you for for getting in touch with us, Dr. Garth McGovern as well, um, Dorothy, David, Diego. Thanks for your thoughts on this today. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, brought to you by Avant Money, weekdays at midday on News Talk.